What is up sports fans? Thanks for tuning in. My name is Fry and I am the host of the Sports by Fry podcast channel. Today I'm going to be talking all things AFL once again. So round two just wrapped up. I tried to stay up and watch the Hawks-Cats game last night but my spirit wasn't as strong after doing the Eagles and the Dockers the two nights before so I fell asleep just before half time. But Ripper game, round two in the AFL was pretty good. Actually, there's a couple of results that we weren't really expecting. I mean, no one saw the Roos touching up St Kilda by 50-odd points coming, but I'm going to talk a little bit about the AFL, but I'm predominantly going to focus on AFL fantasy. So I had a good week this week, actually. I managed to score 21-15 from memory. So yeah, I'm going to break down kind of what happened in round two AFL fantasy-wise, talk a little bit about what I'm planning on doing with my trades this week, and you know some guys that you should definitely have on your route for your trades as well. This podcast is also going to be released um, on video form on YouTube. So if you haven't checked out the Sports by Fry YouTube channel, make sure you go and subscribe. I'm going to interactively go through and show my team throughout the YouTube um, video. So yeah, if you want to see what my team looks like, I'm obviously going to talk about it on the podcast. But yeah, if you want to see what the large fries and coke are kind of shaped like or how they're structured, then yeah, you can definitely check out the YouTube video there. If you like the episode, make sure you subscribe. Uh, rating and review on iTunes is always a plus, or SoundCloud, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I'm still struggling to get it on Spotify. I'm having a couple of issues there, but fingers crossed, I think I have to be verified or something. Hopefully I can get that sorted so that it's on Spotify in the near future. But without further ado, let's get stuck into it. Pretty good week this week. I was 4,185th in the AFL world for round two. So, yeah, I'll take that. If I could keep putting up numbers like that, then my ranking will climb. I'm sitting just outside the top 10,000 or 11,000 right now. But, yeah, 2,115 this week. Pretty solid. I'll take that. I know a lot of people that were in the low twos and struggled to score, you know, massive. So, yeah, I'll take 2,115. I, um, didn't really have a lot of players go massive. I'd, sorry, let me rephrase that. I had some players go massive, but I didn't have a lot of my premium guys who were usually good for 100 or 110. I didn't really have a lot of them step up. So let's break down my team line by line. Defense, I really wish I took Rory Laird's um, vice-captain score on Thursday night. I had him for 144. Although, in saying that, I did have Tom Mitchell as my captain, so I would have only benefited by about four points but yep kudos to Rory Laird. Jake Lloyd and Michael Hibbard didn't really perform for me. Hibbard's gone this week for me. I gave him a second chance. I understood you know scoring low against the Cats but no. Nah. Oh sorry against the yeah against Cats but not against the Lions. Not good enough. Finlayson on my ground that was a massive tick. 90 points if you don't have him get him in your team. Tom Doday Probably outperforming what we thought he'd do. We thought he'd be good for 60, 65, which it might even out. He might have a couple of 50s, whatever, like Sammy Murray did this week, who's also on my ground. But, yeah, Dodo's one that I think you can safely pencil in on your ground for the next, at least the next couple of weeks. Um, he looks really good for the Crows, so I like the looks of him. I traded in Zach Guthrie this week for Aaron Norton. Uh, Aaron Norton's job security is pretty good with the dogs. But, yeah, I wanted to... Wanted to chase Guthrie. I think he can score a bit higher. So considering I've got him and Alex Pierce on my bench as my non-playing guys, if they can 
keep growing in money. I think chasing Guthrie probably was a, an all right move. Looking at my midfielders, pretty good. Obviously, I got Tom Mitchell. He had a massive 137, so that was doubled because he was my skipper. Josh Kelly had 118, take that. Zach Merritt did not perform, 78, so he's another one that's definitely on the chopping block. He's going to bleed cash. He's got the highest break-even of every player in the competition, heading into round three, so he, uh, he's probably gone for me this week. Lukey Parker was solid. Lockie Neal was solid. Brayshaw, I tried to play a little bit risky and put Brayshaw on the ground over Don Barry. I thought that Brayshaw might score a little bit better, but they both scored exactly the same, so, you know, I didn't really come out any better from that. Tim Kelly, he's probably the must-have player in the comp at the moment. 115, he looked you know, poised against the Hawks, he was invincible. So him and Nicky Holman, averaging 87, you know, you could happily take those two on your ground. And then I've got Banfield and Barry as my emergencies. I'll take 60 to 70 from both of them. Well done, boys. Sauce Jacobs and Maxi Gone were fine. Um, they ba I mean, they balanced out to score me pretty much bang on 200. So if I can get 100 from each of my Ruckman on average each week, I'll take that. That's definitely a win, a tick. I had Timmy English on my bench, so he's still generating money, albeit a bit slowly. He only scored 35 this week, but, you know, it doesn't really faze me. He's there just to earn me money. I don't want to be in a situation where he's playing. So uh, last year I had Sean Darcy on my ruck bench and thought that he wouldn't play a factor, but down the stretch he actually helped me. But, yeah, I don't really want my R3 or 4 to be an important piece of my season, so... Looking at my last line, my forwards was overall pretty disappointing. I mean, I've absolutely scored having Liam Ryan on the ground. I don't think he'll score 90 every week. He'll probably be hovering around the 60s, but kick three goals three against the Dogs was very lively, so he definitely is capable of a couple of more performances like that before the year's out. So I started him over Venables and Langdon. Um, and that was a massive tick, but both those guys, again, generated me some money on my bench, so I'm happy with that. Billings kind of failed for me with 71. I take, understand that North, um, you know, touched them up, so St Kilda weren't in a good spot to score, but, yeah, 71 a bit disappointing. Similar with Heaney's 88. Um, he was my second forward, but, you know, it's not the end of the world. I'll take 88 over the likes of 50 or 40, which, touch wood, I haven't... Uh, Copped any really bad scores from anyone, apart from Merritt last week getting a head knock. So, yeah, fingers crossed I keep dodging those bullets. But Tracker was fine for 75. Christensen was good for 88. He's someone that I probably want to move sooner rather than later and might come into my trade calculations this week if I can maybe downgrade the likes of Merritt or um, Michael Hibbard and then throw some money on top of Christensen to turn him into Tim Taranto. That might be a move. Um, and then Fritch rounded out my ground with a 60. So, like I said, 2-1-1-5, I'll definitely take that. Not bad from the large fries and coke. Pretty solid round two. So that's how my team kind of unfolded in round two. Solid performance. Fingers crossed I can continue to keep trending upwards in round three. I'm going to talk about some of the guys who... Um, Sean this week, my plus threes for the week. The video and podcast that I'm doing um, is going to be available kind of in the form of an article as well on sportsbyfry.com. So if you want to read all the bits and pieces that I'm going to kind of talk about a little bit today, then you can definitely check that out. That'll be live by the time these videos are up. So hit up sportsbyfry.com to give that round two wrap up a read. 
But yeah, let's look at some of the guys who shone this week. So my first guy that I had in my plus three was Rory Laird. He's 141, was one of the top scorers of the comp. Um, he had 124 last week. He's an absolute gun. If you don't have him in your side, it's going to be tough to try and find a way to get him in. But yeah, he just is at he's the peak of his powers, rebounding the footy, pushing up through the midfield. He's, Rory Laird is a gun, absolute gun. So tick, well done Rory Laird. The second guy I want to talk about is Gary Ablett. I think if Tom Mitchell wasn't playing as good as he was, everyone would be going nuts over Gary at the moment. He nearly hit 120 last week, and a lot of people asked me questions about whether they should get him or not, and I was like, maybe we need to see one more week, see how he looks alongside Danger. Dangerfield and Selwood had no impact on his score. He scored 138, was racking up possessions at will. He looks to be back at the peak of his powers. Put those injuries behind him that he had at the Suns. So Gary Ablett is a must-have as well. He's pretty expensive now. He comes at a hefty price, almost 850 grand. So you're going to have to do some serious juggling if you want to get him in your team, but he's worth every penny. Last week, I wrote my round one wrap and Tim Kelly featured in the plus threes. And I don't like to put guys in there back-to-back weeks, but after what Tim Kelly did against Hawthorne, he deserves a spot in the plus three. So he was my third and final guy. Had 115 points, was pretty unstoppable. He had 27 touches. I think he kicked a snag as well. He's definitely locked a spot into that Geelong 22. The health of some of Geelong's midfielders is a little bit questionable. So getting Kelly you know, that mature age body is probably a smart move from the Cats. You know, Duncan wasn't playing, which is probably why Kelly uh, performed a little bit better than the 80 he scored in round one. Scooter Selwood, Joel Selwood, um, Gary, if he gets a little bit hurt and danger, sometimes gets suspended. He's played tons of games. Anyway, what I'm saying is, if there's one of those guys that misses for Geelong, then Tim Kelly just slots into that role and it could potentially see us add another 25 to 30 points on his scores. So he's probably the guy that you must have um, throughout the whole competition at the moment. If you don't have him, then he's a guy that you can really trade in. Obviously, you'd love to have Tom Mitchell and those top guys, but considering where Kelly's priced at and you know his role, I think that he is a must-have. If there's one guy that I recommend getting this week, it's Tim Kelly, 100%. Now you watch, he'll go out and score 50 and I'll get murdered on Twitter now that I've pumped him up. And after the positives, let's look at some of the negatives. So my negative threes this week. First one goes out to Zach Merritt. In the, in the next couple of rounds, I'm going to try to not find guys who are on my team, but it just so happened that this week a lot of the popular picks that I have on my team were ones that scored well or bad. So Zach Merritt, 78 is not good enough. I actually watched the whole Frio Dons game and he was getting tagged a little bit by Bailey Banfield and he had a really solid first half. It was looking like he was on track for a ton, which you take, but he just looked lost in the second half. Part of it, I think, was due to Essendon just playing bad. Um, I, can't, I don't know off the top of my head how all the Essendon players scored overall, but I know that Freo kind of locked down in the second half, and it, it showed in the result of the game. But, yeah, they've got the Bulldogs this week back at home, and we saw what the Eagles did. We saw what the Giants did in week one. So, yeah, it's tough whether trading Zach Merritt is a good idea or not, but... Regardless of whether you're moving him or not, he gets my first negative three this week. Piss poor effort. Second guy is uh, Jack Billings. Like I said, he scored 71. Not really good enough considering you're playing North Melbourne. I know that, you know, against 
north, if you're going to get against any team, if you're going to lose by 50 plus, it's going to be hard for you to score. But for Jack Billings to not register a shot on goal and just, you know, like Blake Akers managed to score 92, why couldn't you just find another 20 points Billings? That would have been perfect. They play the Crows this week as well, so life's probably not going to get a hell of a lot easier. But fingers crossed he bounces back. The third and final negative three goes to none other than Sam Menegola. I'm whinging about Jack Billings' 70, but God, I would have been spewing if I had Menegola's 50 on my ground. He's kind of the guy who's probably going to suffer from Ablett coming into that team and Tim Kelly's growth as well. So yeah, he scored 50 on the weekend. I think he failed to top 70 last week. He's a guy that if you've got him in your team, you just got to get rid of him. Unfortunately, it's a bit of a failed experiment. He could bounce back and be better in the latter half of the year, but he's just bleeding cash right now. There's better options as well, considering where Menangola's priced at and who's around in the forward line. He's priced at just over 650 grand at the moment, so you could flip him to the likes of Devin Smith, Blakey Akers, like I mentioned earlier, Christian Petraka, or if you've got a little bit of coin in the bank, you can even turn him into Buddy or Heaney or someone like that. So yeah, Menangola, got to go. Some quick-fire trade thoughts. Um, guys you should look to maybe get in this week. Guys like Bryce Gibbs, like I mentioned, Gary Ablett. Jack Stevens, another one as well you could keep your eye on. All three of them are good options. I'm really excited about Robbie Gray. He looked awesome in Port Adelaide's um, game against the Swans and his return to action at 119. So he's only a forward, but he's still priced under 600 grand. He could be a perfect um, almost sideways trade from Menegola. Get Robbie Gray in. He'd be a nice have. There's a few unique guys you could maybe chase. Michael Walters had another great game. Um, Jaron Geary in defence. He might be one that I look at this week. I mean, he's the captain of St Kilda, so he's not going to get dropped. Doesn't have the greatest history for scoring big, but he's top 90 in both his games. He's fine. Blake Akers, like I've mentioned a couple of times throughout the preseason and already I'm really bullish on, so he's another upgrade target. I think the pick of the bunch, though, um, of guys you need to trade in this week, without Kelly, obviously, that I've talked about at length, is probably Tim Taranto. He's still priced under 500 grand. Um, had 90 again this week. He looks like he's cemented himself into that GWS midfield, even if he does float through the forward line. The amount of times that the balls are up there, I think, yeah, he'll, he'll really benefit this year. I see him maybe averaging around the 90 mark. Um, I don't think he'll keep performing and averaging like triple figures, but he's off to a hot start and the Giants can keep this up, then there's no reason why he can't keep scoring big. Guys you want to get rid of, guys on the outs, Michael Hibbard, maybe Zach Merritt. I've talked a little bit about him already, so you know, pick your poison. But yeah, Hibbard, got to go. He isn't marking the ball a lot like he has done in the past. He's kind of made a bit of a career being that mark, kick, rebound defender, but you know, he doesn't really warrant a spot in my team and shouldn't really worry a spot in most of your teams. He could bounce back a bit and probably average in the low 90s, maybe high 80s, but considering he's failed to top 70, like I, said, I gave, him a, gave him a pass against Geelong, but against Brisbane's not good enough. So see you later, Hippo. The guy that you should probably get rid of this week if you did hold him through his rubbish first performance is Tom Rockliffe. Don't get me wrong, he will be one of the players to target in the second half of the year after Port Adelaide have their bye. He could be a perfect guy to help nurse you through those later rounds, but he's, he, he's not tackling, he's not racking up a lot of the footy. He's just flat out playing really bad from an AFL fantasy perspective. He might be playing his role for the power, but 
yeah, he, his bunged shoulder still scares me. He doesn't seem like he's got that same ferocity at the footy, so you need to get rid of him. Taylor Adams is probably another premium guy that's underperforming through the first two weeks. 70 odd the first week, 80 odd the second week. It's not good enough for someone of his price tag, so flick those two guys out of your side if you still have them. If you do have any other holes in your rookies, if you're still holding Cam Rayner or Paddy Dow, who both had pretty miserable games again in round two, then you might be able to swap them around. If you've got Paddy Dow in your midfield, then changing him to Don Barry or Tim Kelly in a perfect world would be an ideal get. In the forward line, there's not as many options, but I've been pretty lucky. I've hit on most of my rookies, and there's plenty to choose from. So you could turn Rayner into the likes of Fritsch or... Liam Ryan, um, there might even be a couple of other guys floating through if they're named this week. So there's lots of options, but yeah, I think try and patch up those rookies if your trades are pretty, the rest of your team's pretty set by getting rid of Rayner and Paddy Dow. Looking ahead to next week, um, Matty Crouch is probably the biggest guy who'll miss. He did his hamstring stranded in the low 30s against the Tigers, so he's definitely a trade out player. He will probably miss, I don't know the full report, but probably miss a lengthy amount of time. So there's no point holding on to him. Trade, trade, trade. There still hasn't been a ton of news released um, as of yet about all the injuries and the severity of them. I know that there was a couple of guys that went down that might hurt your draft leagues a little bit, but guys like Matty Cruiser, Mitch Duncan, and Toby Green, who were all laid outs for their games, there's probably a couple of people who have them in Classic as well. So just monitor the stories around them. By all reports, the three of them should be fine for round three. But yeah, just proceed a little bit with caution. Keep them, you know, in your back of your mind when you're considering your trades. I think out of the three, Cruz is probably the one that might be the biggest risk for round three. He hurt himself in round one, so it's not surprising he didn't get up last week. But he might be okay now. But yeah, watch the storylines around those three guys. There's a few other players, like I said, that we don't really have the full injury scoop on. But judging on what... We do know, and how teams panned out this week. My trades are probably looking like I'm going to get Michael Hibbard out. I don't have a huge amount of cash behind me, so I can't go straight to Cade Simpson. And I'm also thinking that if I downgrade, I might be able to trade Zach Merritt to someone else. I might be able to get Gary Ablett, or I might be able to trade him to Lockie Whitfield and then downgrade Hibbo and keep a bit of cash. I've got a bit of flexibility, a couple of options, but I think Hibbert and Merritt are the two guys that'll go for me this week. I can definitely justify keeping Zach Merritt. He should go big against the Bulldogs, but he's gonna just start losing me money. And yeah, it's it's a very tricky position to be in. I think that if I kept Zach Merritt this week and he had another bad game, then I'm kind of stuck with him. His price would be too low, it'd be, you know, you'd have to ride it out. But yeah, I did get him for a reason. And like I always say, you're back in your premiums after one or two bad performances. So it's almost at a toss of a coin what I do about Zach Merritt, but considering his price at the moment, there's a lot of options that I could you could do, and yeah, it's it's going to be tough to try and keep him. But wait till later in the week, and we'll know a little bit more. But at this stage, Zerat and Hibo will be the two that go for the large fries and coke. Also, thank God there's no Thursday night game this week, so we go back to normality. Teams come out Thursday. Next game starts on Friday, so. We won't have to worry about any rolling lockouts or anything like that. So yeah, watch the team announcements this week. See if there's any new guys. See who gets dropped. That might change your trade plans a little bit. But I think we're in for another pretty similar 
um, team selections as last round. And what I mean by that is we'll probably dodge a lot of bullets. I don't think there'll be any huge names that are going to miss. Might be a few, like I said, Crouch and those injuries. Um, might see some guys dropped, but yeah, I think we're in for a pretty standard, fingers crossed, um, team selection night on Thursday. Speaking of Thursday, I'll be doing my piece for the Dream Team Talk boys, doing a weekly feature now Thursday. We usually come out around Thursday morning, midday Thursday, um, Australian time. So yeah, you can check that out. I try to target um, specific players who are playing well that are under-owned, pods as we call them, players of difference. So yeah, check out Fry's Forgotten View. That'll be up uh, Thursday. I said on the Sunday sit-down with Jake that I didn't have a ton planned for this week. Still similar in that boat. I've got a bit of work coming up, so there'll probably only be one video slash podcast during the week. I might try and do another one Friday or Saturday, but yeah, there'll be one during the week. Probably a bit of a mixed bag touching in on some of the NBA stories, baseball. Uh, if there's any footy news, I might talk about that. But yeah, check that out. Make sure you stay tuned for that episode that'll come out later in this week. Quick shout out uh, to Michael Clark. His birthday today. Loved watching Clarkie play, and considering how bad the Australian cricket team's doing right now, off the field. I always like to uh, think back to the glory days when Michael Clark was a star. So happy birthday, Clarkie! Also, shout out goes to Jake, the co-host of the Sunday sit down with me. It's his birthday tomorrow, our time. But technically, if you're back in Australia watching this, it'll be Jake's birthday. So make sure you wish him a happy birthday. And that's pretty much it for another Sports by Fry episode. Thanks for listening, watching. Um, hit up sportsbyfry.com to check out all my pieces as they come out throughout the next week. National title game tonight. Um, Villanova versus Michigan. So I'm all in on the Wildcats. Should be a good game though. So it could go either way. I'll be definitely watching that. Go Villanova. Like I said, thanks for watching, listening. Until next time, peace.